What's up podcast? On this one, we discuss Ottawa and New York in an international rugby league pod three-way. I'm Michael Carboni. This is episode 54 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast. You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places. All right, guys, Big T and I sitting as far apart from each other <laughs> social as we've social din- distancing ourselves yeah. mate uh because the, the tigers beat the dragons right not because that's exactly uh, right. i mean because... you walked in today and i was watching that game so you keep <laughs> how many distance. times like oh my god like yeah anyway hit me hit me with it say whatever you have to say let's get it I out thought it was of an excellent game i thought every game this round i know it might be because i was starved of football but those games were all excellent even our game our you game were up good. at times that we yeah. you should have. You had two or three opportunities. If it wasn't raining, you score. I would say eight opportunities, but mm. you say two or three. Well, and I'm thinking about the last ten minutes just before yeah. um, Luciana Lelua, who played for you, was so poetic, scores because yeah. Lomax won't put it out. That that exact same thing happened for you like three times in that also ten minutes. So it just didn't yeah. bounce right. It was a crazy game as crazy. a Dragons fan. Difficult to watch some mm. of the some of the knee chances, but you know. Well, as, as if I was a neutral, would have been beautiful. And like you said, every game this week was fantastic. Yeah. Um, from the beginning, like para, para doggies, who would have thought like one try in it? Mm. But it was such a good contest. Like I, I loved watching it. Uh, good to see Wakeham, the Fijian halfback, doing well for Canterbury. Like and like, love, rubber love, right? Doing right, well for you. The Fijians, I'm telling you, mm. Fiji 2021 World Cup, watch out because I think they're going to do well. And Olam was amazing for the Storm against Manly. Uh, yeah, against Manly. PNG, yeah, he was. Them. He did well. Manly surprised. I thought Manly were going to get up, but um, oh, before the game anyway. But mm. yeah, anyway, yeah. it was fantastic. And the other thing that I loved was uh, there's a there's a social media account I follow on Instagram. Um, chasing kangaroos that was talking about how Benji Marshall <laughs> is and I just thought we'd bring that up. You have not <laughs> taken over the account. My... <laughs> That's just something that I. But I believe, like, I still got the points off the Instagram account, so I just thought I'd bring it up. <laughs> you're obviously going to agree with that. A lot of people disagree with me. Like, it's an unpopular opinion, but I think Benji, because to me, like, immortal, the term immortal or to become an immortal, by definition, in my mind, it's not about how many grand finals you've won or how many times you've represented your country. He did win one. Which he's, yeah, he's done that and he's represented New Zealand with mm. heart plenty of times. Golden boot winner. But, and golden boot winner. For me, it's about have you changed the game? Right, Players that right. have changed the game. And Benji, you ask anyone yeah. who's playing in the NRL right now who they looked up to when they were coming through yeah. as kids, it was Benji Marshall. He yeah. changed the game. His step, his flick pass. You look at the RTSs, the, the Sean Johnsons, the Caleb Pongers. Yeah. They are who they are because of Benji Marshall, yeah. and that's why I think he deserves it. But the yeah. New Zealand Warriors are who they are because of J- Johnson tells you that he is yeah. who he is because of Benji Marshall. Hundred percent, man. So yeah, a lot of people disagree with me. I know you don't because you're you're the biggest tiger. Well, he went to um, Union, which people hated. That's yes. the thing that people bring up straight away. But people mention Sonny Bill for immortality, which is like yeah, great player, but he mm. played rugby league for like three years. Like it's just not, anyway. A, a discussion for another day, but we've actually got plenty to talk about. So mm. we've got an awesome, t- look, obviously COVID-19 is worldwide news and we're going to talk about a little bit of that in the beginning here tonight. 
Um, we're going to talk golden points later on as well, which will be probably a shorter version than usual. We thought we should talk talk about COVID nineteen because just no one else is talking about it. Well, no one. So yeah. Well, what do you mean? We want to hear more about it, surely. <laughs> but look, tonight is about going to be about the Ottawa Aces and mm. the New York City Rugby League team. Uh, we've had a week to digest it. We're going to get some special guests on who know a lot more about it than we do that can discuss with us. Um, and we want to sh- like that was big news for us last week. Yeah. COVID nineteen took over. Um, but the NRL starting took over. The NRL starting took mm-hmm. over as well. But we want to shine the light back on Ottawa and New York, and we thought, how, what better way to do it than with a podcast three-way? We'll explain what that means. You, people will understand what that means uh, very soon. But we've also got some other, like a little bit of like housekeeping that we need to talk about. So I've got to ask you a question, mm-hmm. Big T, straight mm-hmm. up. How fucking good are our listeners? Uh, it's not a trick question. Give me a scale. Well, I mean, is it 70? <laughs> is it... Is it... How good are they? I mean, in terms of um, feedback and, and on social media, they're excellent because so many people have DM'd me lots of different little tidbits, which is great. Awesome. But also, how great are they that they just get around whatever whatever weird idea we come up with to go and find out about? They're always around that as well. Which well, I, people were sending balls to Papua New Guinea and yeah. all sorts of things. And we had another one this week. So every, every, every other week, someone hits me up asking for sponsorship, whether it's a, a club mm-hmm. or a developing nation or someone from around the world. Like we get hit up on the regular and we can't really do anything about it because we're not we're not a couple of David Argyles who can throw <laughs> $20 million around at Rugby League. Yeah, yeah. We don't make money from this podcast or not yet. Hopefully one day we will, but who knows? We can try and help the game however we... It costs we, money at the moment. It costs yeah. money at the moment. <laughs> but um, we, had, art. We, we had an opportunity to sponsor or be the lead jersey sponsor for a developing nation. And we can't say who yet because, spoiler alert, we, we did it and it's going to be announced in February. <laughs> but we had this opportunity and we just thought, you know what? February 2021? No, no, April. Did I say February? Yeah. April, oh, April this year. Thank God. I, was like, I can't hold a secret. <laughs> <that much. laughs> um, so great opportunity. We believe in, in it. We believe in the cause. We mm. believe in this nation. And we thought, how can we do this? So decided to reach out to a couple of listeners out there. You guys that are listening know exactly who you are uh, and just ask people if they would like to pledge 25 bucks to the cause until we saved up enough to sponsor this nation. 15 minutes later, we had we had the money. We had it. And that's that's our listeners, man. Like mm. absolute, like just without question, like to a, to a man or woman, pretty much nine out of 10 for every person said, yes, I'm yeah, in. Wow. Of course, I'm in. So we, we've done it. We're the sponsor of a developing rugby league nation who we can't announce yet. There is a country that chases kangaroos. There is a country that will be <laughs> <Literally> chasing kangaroos. <laughs> It'll be on the front of their jersey and they'll yeah. be chasing it for 80 minutes every yeah. game. So really cool stuff. We're really excited by it. And we're hoping it's the first of many. Um, so it just made me realize how many great listeners we have. And mm. I wanted to throw it open. And I know now it, times are tough at the moment, so I'm not going to really ask for money now. Mm. But if anyone would like to pledge later on down the track, then DM us. DM myself, Big T, either of us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Let us know if you'd be keen to do something like that. And hopefully later on down the track, we can sponsor some more nations and maybe some more clubs from around the world uh, well, really, it's on behalf of the sponsoring. listeners. Yeah, the list- have a small part in yeah. that country's success. Yeah. And every time you see them winning some kind of nines tournament or something like that, jumping around with... Chasing kangaroos on the front, you'll know that that was you. You're you're that country. You're jumping around. That's right. So it's really cool. I just feel like this is the kind of stuff that we wanted to do when I started the podcast, and now that T's on board, like it's the kind of stuff we wanted to do. We wanted to help, and even if it's not all coming out of our pockets, 
it's our listeners that are inspired by this show and what we're doing and it just feels great that that we're able to do that so that's fantastic that's that's housekeeping point number one mm-hmm. it's like a mini golden points at the start yeah, of the day, yeah, yeah. it's fantastic number two and this is huge as well this could have been a golden point but it it has it's too big for a golden huge point. ramifications mm-hmm. for our mm-hmm. show we need a new outro big t <laughs> we need a new outro you're happy about this i'm so happy about it because <laughs> i've always felt mildly uneasy it was a little off brand when i found out what it was but now the universe has corrected itself well so everyone knows we what we say at the end of each episode or what i what i say <laughs> what i say at the end of each episode Many of you know the story. Some of you don't. I get some backlash. Like, it's funny. I get, when this news came out, so if anyone that isn't following along, Quinn Nawadi is back. He's signed up with the Toronto Wolfpack. He is back, uh, which we are so happy about. With the people's team. The people's team. The people's Canadian champion, mm. Quinn Nawadi's back. And um, so since he re-signed or since the, the signing was announced, people have been hitting us up over, on Twitter in particular, saying you need a new... You need a new um, outro or you need a new... He's coming for you, Cuffs. <laughs> Quinn, <laughs> Quinn is coming. And um, so, so yeah, we had to come up with something and we've had plenty of good suggestions. So thanks for everyone for, for doing yeah. that. Some people said, the guys at, um, at California Rugby League in particular, Classic. they were like, no, you can't change it. We have to change it. He's back. This is what we wanted. Yeah, this yeah. is the reason for the, uh, the, the sign-off was because he left. So he's back. We've had some good suggestions, but a great suggestion from Dijan uh, Ketkovich... Classic um, fan of ours right there, making it really challenging to yeah, say his name. Yeah. Is it is it Probably a real the easiest name? name to say in the world, but we're going to butcher. <laughs> we're going to butcher. But um, we, great suggestion, Dijon, and we'll hear that sign off, the new sign off, right at the end. Ooh. Don't worry, guys. It's a minor change. It's so minor, you might not even notice it, but it 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 turns a negative into a positive. And we've changed the rating on this show from explicit to well, normal. I, I've said fucking shit a few times already, <laughs> so we can't. We can't do that anyway. But yeah, really cool. So kind of a mini golden point, but Quinn Nwadi is back, um, which is really good. And he's back. How did he, how did, I mean, was he playing? Tell us how he got back. So he was playing, he's playing rugby union, obviously, mm. but there's there's a little clause or the, the Super League have allowed a small clause for the Toronto Wolfpack in that they can bring in Canadian players under the age of 21 right. into their squad, pretty much free of salary cap, or exempt from the salary cap. So that's how he's back. He's twenty, almost twenty-one. Well, and it's to give them a chance to boost their squad, really, because right. they're running out of numbers. Yeah, like right. okay. there are injuries, there are players that haven't been able to play, like Chase Stanley. So will Quinn come straight into the Super League squad? No, um, he'll he'll be part of the Rochdale Hornets squad at first in League One. They've got a dual reg situation going on with the Toronto Wolfpack, so he'll be getting some match fitness there. Hopefully we see him in the Super League. Let's hope he's up, not. Hopefully he's up to that standard. Like it would be great to see, even if he gets a little bit of game time this year, would be fantastic to see a Canadian born mm. player. And uh, should I say it? Spoiler alert. Um, no, no, no. Leave it to the end. I'll go, I'm going to get so excited when we get close to the be... show that I'll I'll muck it up. But I'm sure it'll be great. What I was going to say was Quinn might be coming on the show. Yeah. So that's that's cool. That's so also exciting. Spoke to him recently. He's keen to come on the show. Just going to settle in over in, in Northern England. And um, hopefully soon we'll we'll get him on and we'll see how we go. So thank you, man, Nagati. And he can tell me where to go. <laughs> That'll be pretty good. But, man, let's talk about um, – we've got all the good news out of the way. Let's talk about some of this uh, COVID-19 sort of stuff. So, obviously, we've had well, round – the Super League in COVID-19? Well, well, they're still playing at this stage, right? right? But as of uh, – so we're recording this on Monday night. And I will say as well, just a little disclaimer – Recording on Monday night. This show will come out probably on Wednesday. 
so much can change between now and then in the next 48 hours but as of today uh the toronto wolfpack have four players that that are being tested Mm. so they're under they're under quarantine so the wolfpack can't play catalans can't play they're not able to travel anywhere uh, so as far as I know, Super League's still kind of going. We haven't really heard anything yet, but there are going to be some some matches and delays and things like that. Um, they're talking, so obviously the Premier League's not on over there. There's so much, you know, a lot of the world's major sports aren't happening. So Super League are actually talking to Sky Sports about getting all of their games played live over there, wow. which is, I guess, them looking at an opportunity to get some more eyeball, you know, mm. at, trying to find a positive in a negative situation. I don't know how much longer it can go for, though. Mm-hmm. I, I just have a feeling the plug is going to be pulled. Likewise here in the NRL. So similar things are going on, and you've seen it all all over the place, all over the news this week, um, Big T. But round two will go behind closed doors. D- how, do, how do you feel about all this? Like, what do, we, wh- what do you expect to happen here? Like, what's my actual prediction of what plays out? Yeah. Well, what do I want to happen? So a bit of both. So I I imagine that round two happens and there's a huge, it, it, it's excellent and the rugby rugby league community really enjoys it, but there is a bigger, broader community swell against it that which wasn't really. There were some people surprised that it happened last week. Yeah. And then it'll happen again this week, and I think there'll be a broader community of of you know non football fans that'll be asking why on earth is this happening, and then by round three the NRL will say for other reasons we can't do it anymore. And if it's not because of that, one of the players will or officials will get it. If a player gets it or, or an official, or, yeah, then it's done. Um, I also can't imagine it going for for much longer because New Zealand can't keep playing out of... Yeah, well, they're up in the Gold Coast yeah. at the moment. So that was only just so they could get through round two. Yeah. The NRL just wanted to get through the first two rounds and then we're going to play everything um, by ear. But That's huge for New Zealand, though, to do that. I mean, so a couple bad. of the players have gone back home because of young ones and, and parenting and all that sort of thing. But mm. amazing. But with like, the plan to come back. Like, yeah. they weren't out of the squad forever. Their idea was to go back, get through a pregnancy or things like that. And then they also said, we'll come back yeah. when we can, um, which is just also an incredible mindset for professional athletes to be in. It's like all these Olympians who are like, we're going to go. We just won't get sick beforehand. Yeah. And if we're not sick, we're going to go and, and uh, compete in the Olympics because yeah. that's what I've been trying to do for years. Yeah. Um, and so that's what those footballers are doing. And that's and that's also what I guess I want to happen. But, I mean, in a perfect world, it blows over in Australia really quick. Our numbers start tapering down instead of going up like everywhere else and we play the entire season. AFL doesn't get a Guernsey and, <laughs> and NRL's played on ESPN all over America because they're also really bored. Well, that's the thing too. So we've heard NRL, the guys in the NRL, so um, Valandis and Greenberg are potentially talking to ESPN soon to, to fill some a content void because of the NBA and Premier League and NHL, NHL and baseball and everything is sort of on hold at the moment. So they the NRL could fill that void. Uh, obviously trying to make up for some money that's going to be lost because the game's going to lose a lot of money. The clubs will lose, I think it's like $5 million a week by locking out fans. And if there's no games on TV, if the competition's on hold, then, you know, broadcasters aren't going to be paying for that too. So, but look, at the, I guess the thing is, the the big picture is it's the whole world is affected, not just mm-hmm. rugby league. So it's just so hard to predict what will happen. Will we have rugby league even next week? You know, can they cut? Um, rounds. I know the AFL today said they're cutting their season down to 17 uh, I, rounds. I was shocked that they even would do that because the fact that they haven't started yet, but they're planning on starting mm. soon. 
feels really like they haven't read the room either. If you haven't started yet, I would have just thought you don't start until everything starts to taper off. What do you mean they haven't read the room? Like I just feel like starting anything now. Now that the NRL started, they're yeah. getting a lot of the, the a lot of the community saying you shouldn't be doing this. Context so do you think the AFL is letting the NRL cop the heat for this? I think they should be seeing what's happening to the NRL and going let's let's go the other way and go hey guys we're looking after the community and we're going to start at this uh, date. Yep. We're going to start at the end of winter and play a two month yeah. thing. Um, cause I mean, I have no idea what's going to happen. In the end. No one have, knows what's going to happen yeah. tomorrow. That's why you said the thing, yeah. but I mean the, the state of origins cooked that kangaroo tour. Kangaroo tour cooked. could be done. Yeah, yeah. It's a real, it's a real, um, especially if like things might be okay by the time the kangaroo tour comes around. But if, if we're losing rounds early on and we're having to ca- play catch up later, then the kangaroo tour is going to be the first thing that goes like the NRL season is going to be priority number one for and the And at the NRL. risk of sounding like an alarmist, we really don't know what the economy or anybody's economy is going to be in any kind of shape later. And the whole thing's going to be an interesting rebuild depending on how long it goes for. So not just the NRL, but how long everyone shuts down and stops doing things. For. What does it mean for you if there's like, imagine we are stuck at home, there's no rugby league to watch, we've anywhere been so pumped for world. this season, anywhere in the world. Yeah. What's it mean for Big T? Well, I mean... At the risk of sounding ridiculous, it would it's going to really negatively affect my well being. Mm. Like that's I've all I do is spend time at work and spend time with my family and spend time in football. Yeah, so rugby league is like our outlet, and it yeah. is for a lot of people. Yeah, and even but even with family and and work, like I leak football into both of those worlds. Yeah, um, and so all, all three of them blend together constantly. So without it. Um, and also knowing how po- negatively affected players and administrators and, and physios and referees and and, and um, you know seventeen year olds who are trying to get this, who are trying to get through school and start their careers in football, all of them are going to be negatively affected for an unknown period of time. It really that also makes me feel shit. Um, yeah, the massive like the massive asterisks on twenty twenty potentially like we could not have a season. It just feels weird to me. Mm. And like I said, I know big picture like. There are schools people that could die. be closed down. People there are, are people it, dying. There are yeah. workplaces shutting down. Like yeah, everyone, losing their livelihoods. everyone's in this position, not yeah. just footy players that make a million bucks a yeah. year, you know. So, but I also think about during World War One and Two, they played rugby. They played the Australian Rugby League played through mm, it for people did. to try and help people through that time, and so you know that's um, that's something I often think about because it, it really had a ma- massive impact on the Australian psyche during those wars, and so. It just kind of, and it's not like that, but it kind of is like that. It's a weird, it's like we've had nothing. It's like fun this because they, they didn't ask for money. Like the, the tough part is like, I understand that PR sort of point that Volandis and Greenberg are, are giving us, but they're also asking for hundreds of millions of dollars. So from that's rubbing people. Yeah. From yeah. the government, mm. it's rubbing people the wrong way, I think as well, but it's sort of, it's, it's a balancing act, you know, so it's, it's hard, but, um, I, <laughs> I like the press conference on, on a lighter note, Volandis, uh, Calling it rugby league. Yeah, I thought that was. I thought that was. I felt so bad for him because I once, um, after hearing one of your episodes about Italy. Yeah. Um, and then I, I tried to contact the guy from Italy, and I tried to contact the guy from your your guy from Canada. Oh yeah. And um and and had lovely chats with both of them about particular roles, and so I was talking to my wife about it, and at the end of that conversation, I had said rugby league so many times that it, her and I both. With kind of, I, by the time I'd finished about this 15 minute spiel about what I could be doing with both of them, I'd kind of finished and said, Wow, well, the first thing I need to say is rugby league sounds really weird now. And I was, the word. Yeah, and I was like, It does. I can't, it now sounds, I've said it so many times, it sounds weird. 
Um, and so I, the moment I heard him say it once, I was like, he's already said it too many times today and now it just sounds weird to yeah. him and he doesn't know how to say it anymore. Well, it's obviously the, the I think he's Greek, the Landis, isn't he? So it's a bit, a bit of an accent or oh, Greek background anyway. But um, uh, look, we've, we've, these things, like, what can you do? Like, That's not the first time that guy said the word rugby league, but I'm sure it's the first time he said a rubber league. But he said, he said it a few that. times. He'd already said it too many times that day. He was running into that issue. I, ch- I challenge you in 15 minutes to say it conversationally over and over again like a full stop and then tell me it doesn't sound weird. I'm already, it on air. It'll be so boring. I'm already stumbling right now. <laughs> anyway. Mate, uh, look, hopefully we're still here talking about... Well, look, we'll, we'll still be here we'll with the something. podcast next week. We'll do something, whatever yeah. that is. But, um, yeah, hopefully we've still got our NRL in the weeks to come because, uh, yeah, it, we, we'll, we'll definitely miss it if we don't have it. I mean, best case, uh, worst case scenario... No, that's not worst case scenario. One case scenario is that it doesn't really start, we can't really start anything until around the, the time the NRLW would start, and we just do some crazy NRLW, NRL for eight-week, you know, knockout season, and we just enjoy that for what it is. We have a magic weekend somewhere, and then that's... No doubt there'll be something, yeah. even if, like, it's everyone plays each other once. The great thing about this disease is that it is just a flu, influenza thing. It it affects old people and people who are already sick, but it will eventually go away yeah you know there is a thing that just we just don't know how long and who gets affected on the way but you know worst case like you know 2021 we are having a season you know we can say that yeah right guys yeah someone there will be a 2021 Not, I, can, I, was, I wasn't <laughs> kidding about my well-being we need some kind of goal <laughs> so look okay we've we've like we said everyone's talking about this stuff this episode is not meant to be about this stuff no. it's meant to be about ottawa and New York. It's supposed to be about rugby league in rugby Canada. Rugby league in Canada and the US. <laughs> rugby league. So let's um let's do it. Let's get our guests on. Let's get them on the phone and let's talk about what this episode is meant to be about. All right, podcast. Well, I'm excited about this one and it's it's one I've been wanting to do for a while. It's a pod international podcast three way. Uh, many of you will know these two voices that I'm about to introduce. So first of all, uh, he's been on the show a number of times. You probably listened to his show as well. Mr. Rugby League in America, Nate Gladden. Welcome back to Chasing Kangaroos, mate. I'm just happy to be here for the three-way. <laughs> mate, um, can you believe it's March and we've only, this is our first recording together? I, I, it's, I'm shocked. We should play that song, Reunited, and it feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> Do good and just and also joining us on the three way. So you may hear him weekly talking about the Toronto Wolfpack on the Howling Hour. He's one half of the Howling Hour, Mr. Gareth Reed. How are you, Gaz? G'day. How you doing, mate? Mate, pretty good. And it's been a while since we spoke. You, of course, were on the show last year as well. So we're re- reunited as well. So it's beautiful stuff. But I'm just glad the three of us are here. The uh, the International Rugby League Podcast Trio. Uh, it's pretty cool to to be speaking to you both at once and. You know, amongst everything that's going on in the world at the moment, um, it's just nice to hear some voices from the other side as well. So that's really cool as well. But guys, so um, it's a, a social distancing menage a trois. <laughs> that's <laughs> social distancing beautiful. greatest scale. That might be the name <laughs> of this this episode. Let's let's see how it's we a go. Perfect name, <laughs> guys. Um, so look for for both of you. So lots going on. Obviously, NRL Super League have all started. Um, season. You know, seasons could be on hold. Who knows? But USARL starting soon, Nate, and um, we're expecting some announcements from California Rugby League. Excited about that. But do you think the goings on in the world at the moment um, could could put things on hold for a little while? Have you heard anything on your end? 
I mean, I, I, I'd say, yeah, it could. I think obviously it, it has that ability to. Um, I think the biggest thing is with the season not starting until June, like the actual season not starting until June, yeah. we have a little bit of time. Uh, nothing's come out yet. I've, I've asked a couple of the guys inside the league and been like, hey, like, what's going on? They're like, dude, it's so early. Like, we're still figuring this out just in regular life. But, uh, you know, preseason isn't supposed to start till May. So, kind of the good thing, a lot of stuff's being put on hold here until April, May timeframe. So, I think the USARL from that side, it'll kind of be made up for them, which is unfortunate. You don't want it to, to not go in the way of like having rugby league. But that said, yeah. I think they won't necessarily have to really make those decisions. It'll just be, okay, we know in the next two months and it just kind of works out for good timing or maybe, you know, obviously like the, the leagues, you know, super league and, and NRL and local footy and everything else, everywhere else uh, around the world, it's kind of kicked off already, but we kind of are lucky in that sense. So we may get, uh, we may be fortunate there. Um, it's interesting, but, you know, we're all taking it day by day. So at least they've got a few months to, before they can even really start thinking about things, but let's hope, let's hope it doesn't get disrupted too much. Um, and, and, Ga- and Gaz, you guys, the Wolfpack have got their first win since promotion in the Challenge Cup. And I remember yeah. like, I heard yourself and Rob last week talking about how you, you were expecting a bit of a shit-kicking. You were expecting to yeah. a, a loss, and then here they are with an 18-0 win over the Giants. You must be pretty pretty chuffed about that. Absolutely chuffed a bit. So, I mean, and all I can say is don't take what we say as a, for our, <laughs> in our predictions as, uh, as the gospel, because if, if you did, geez, you'd have lost the house by now. Um, yeah, obviously fantastic. They finally got their first win of the season. It's, uh, I mean, you know, always nice to get the win period. Would love to have maybe seen it in a regular season game as opposed to, uh, the knockout challenge cup. But Hey, when you take a win against Huddersfield giants, who have been flying pretty bloody high this, uh, this season and contrary to much of the, the pundits, uh, odds and predictions that they were going to be lower down the table, they, they've been pretty damn good themselves. So great to see the win. Very happy that they're getting off the mark this season and, in my brief communications with, uh, with a couple of the players there um, on on Instagram and social media and stuff like that, you know they they're really taking some 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 big positives away from that win and ready to push on into the rest of the season if it uh, continues. Yeah, well, hopefully they get a chance too soon. Obviously, we heard uh, today our time that a few of the players are being tested for COVID nineteen, so hopefully everything's okay okay there. But I, I assume we'll put a hold on things for a little while. Um, yeah. Of course, we can't predict. We don't know. We'll take it day by day. But I did want to ask you, man. I asked you this on Twitter, and I don't know if Rob and yourself will talk about this on on Hell and Hour soon. But mm-hmm. what, what's the vibe over there in Toronto amongst fans? Because you guys are, you know, you're used to beating teams by like fifty and sixty points, and then all of a sudden you're losing games because you've gone up a division, obviously. But do the new do the newish fans over there kind of what, what's the vibe? What are they feeling? Do they do they get it? Like what's what's the vibe? Um. I, th- I think overall, there's just like this this longing amongst the, the the kind of hardcore base of the fans, and even even the the new fans who or the newer newer fans, I should say, who have been sort of exposed to the Wolfpack brand and and the sport over the last season only. It's just this this desire to have them back in country in mid April onwards and, and yeah. playing in front of the home crowd. I think you know ultimately that will make a substantial difference in the outcome of some of these games when you're playing you know away in 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 hostile environments like the Halliwell Jones Stadium against Warrington Wolves in front of 10,000 of their you know mad fans it does add up when and then when people come over and play in front of you know 10 hopefully 10,000 plus fans um, with the kind of rabid support that the Wolfpack fans put on here I think it does make a big difference. And overall, you know, okay, 
I think a lot of the fans are realists and have looked at this and said, we've played the top five teams from the 2019 season, including the, the champions and the grand final runners up. And it's to be expected that there's going to be a big difference in score lines. And I think ultimately people are taking positives away from every game and seeing that there has been marked improvements on both sides of the ball, offensive and defensive. And maybe those last two games against uh, Warrington and, and St. Helens, where defensively they were looking just a little bit um, tired and, and weak, is going to turn around now that they've got this win under their belt. I hope so, man. It'll, it'll be interesting. And, and you Canadians are so positive. Like, if, if, if the Wolfpack uh, Australian side would be like, oh, anyway. I've never seen a group of humans that are more positive <laughs> than Canadians. Well, it's because we spent six months of the of the year surrounded by snow and ice, right? So, why haven't you, know, you guys apologize? Because you guys apologize even when you don't hear them wrong. Like, <laughs> like, why haven't you apologized? Look, Nate, I'm, I'm sorry that we haven't said sorry soon. I know. That's what I'm right? saying. Like, yeah. You should have apologized for somebody else giving you coronavirus by now. <laughs> <laughs> Our fault. Well, we take the blame. We shoulder the responsibility. We should have done this ages ago. Let's do it. We're, we're going to make this a regular thing, the three-way. God, yeah. Boys, Um, look, 2020, obviously plenty of question marks, no matter what part of the world you're from. It's quite obvious. But the reason I've got you guys on the show tonight is to talk about 2021 and beyond because these are things that we know are happening. We know that the Ottawa Aces will be in League One in 2021. And we know that the New York City team, who we don't have a mascot or name for yet, we know they're going to be in the Challenge Cup. So this is what I want to talk to you guys about. This was the exciting news for, for me and for most of our listeners last week before NRL kicked off and all this other stuff sort of happened as well. But I really want to get into the nitty-gritty, you know, talk to you guys about everything that you know and see if we can shed some light and get excited about something other than, than coronavirus for, for, for a little bit, you know, for a few minutes. Um, so good. why don't we start with the Ottawa Aces? And, and Gaz, I'm going to ask you, man, you were there at the event at the launch in Ottawa. Yes, sir. Man, how was it? It's great. Honestly, it was it was a fantastic event. Um, hosted there at TD Place, which is going to be the home stadium of the Ottawa Aces in 2021. Uh, TD Place is essentially sort of the the main stadium in the city, outside of obviously the hockey arenas, and it's uh, it's run and, and, and owned and operated by the uh, Ottawa Sports and Entertainment Group, or better known as just OSEG. Yeah. Um, and they, they're the guys who own the CFL franchise, the Red Blacks, they own the OHL, the Ontario Hockey League Junior franchise, the 67s, uh, the new uh, Ottawa Blackjacks basketball team. They have Fury FC there, which is now defunct, and a new club has, has popped up in its place, uh, Ottawa Atlet- Atletico Ottawa. Um, fantastic event overall. Media was there in, uh, in attendance from some of the big um, national media outlets. TSN 1200 were there, and then Eric was on the show the following morning. Um, CBC was there. So you had some major, uh, major media outlets that were attending, and that was great to see. Um, there was a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of uh, you know, intrigue coming through from, from the press and finding out a little bit more about exactly what the hell this crazy sport is and, yeah. and what the hell you know, Eric is up to. Um, we had a couple of dignitaries there that I got to, to meet and greet. I was actually helping out with the uh, with the event for the the Ottawa Aces and, and so you know they they got the the Englishman to to dress up in a suit and go and meet and greet the dignitaries. We had the British High Commissioner there. Um, she had a very lengthy name, uh, Susan Jane Lejeune Dalgazek. Wow, was, yeah, right, long as hell. Um, very lovely woman. She was there in full force, and also the provincial, the Ontario provincial minister for sports, and about ten other titles as well um was in attendance too to to mark the occasion 
great feeling, great vibe. The uh, the executive board of Oseko I got to meet were, were there and on board and excited by it as well. So overall, went off without a hitch and yeah, great way to start the club. It, it, it all seemed to go down very well. And, and tell me about the name. So Aces... It's kind of yeah, shocked, yeah. It, it shocked me. Like I was, I didn't I know what name. to expect. I like it as well. I didn't I know it. what to expect. I knew it would be unique. Um, but where where did Aces come from? So this is the thing. I've I've known that it's going to be called that for about a month now. <laughs> but I, I was sworn to secrecy by Eric, so I couldn't say anything. Like way back, we've had Eric on our show on the Howling Hour a few times. Great episodes. But for, 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 yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. For just for dedicated Ottawa episodes, and of course, you know. We're plugging him, like, is it going to be the Stags? Because, you know, you, you don't want to alienate, I guess, the, the Hamill faithful and that sort of thing. But he's gone with the Aces. I love it. I think it's a solid name. And, you know, by the very definition of the word Aces or Ace, it conveys success, a winning attitude and mentality, I think. You know, there, there is some history behind the name in terms of we've got, you know, Canadian World War, Flying Ace, Billy Bishop, who's got the Billy Bishop Toronto Island Airport named after him. Guy was credited with 72 official dogfight victories you know he was the top canadian and british empire ace of world war one um and you know there were loads of names I, and i asked eric about this specifically and i'm you know still in contact with him on almost a daily basis so i was like you know what what else man like why else would you have picked aces and he's like well there's lots of names that they floated after stags was deemed out of contention yep and he, that was something that he mentioned on our show but uh, you know he even sent me a list of probably about like a dozen or so names and i was like what do you think about these and i'm like <laughs> okay what what other sporting franchise are you starting up now um, if I remember rightly, Aces was on the list there and, uh, and was probably one of my selections as well. Not that I think I had anything to do with the, the picking of the name. That was all on him. Give yourself some But uh, I'll, try, I'll try and take it where I can if no one else will give it. Um, but there's no other professional rugby league team that uses that name, that moniker. So I guess it makes it unique as well. And, you know, flat out Eric just messaged me yesterday. He's like, you know, it's a cool ass name, man. Why else wouldn't you call it Team Aces? Yeah, it's a badass name. I freaking love it. <laughs> I heard as it. soon as I saw the logo and all that, I was like, yeah, man, that's legit. I cannot wait to get up to get some of that stuff. Well, are you? Yeah. Are, so, are, you, are you excited, Nate? Because I know you've you've mentioned on your show in the past that Ottawa doesn't excite you as much as like Toronto. It doesn't, but yeah. it. But it, what's funny is, yeah. Sorry. So, but it's, it's funny because Ottawa doesn't excite me, but it does it does because they just came out with that name and that logo and that design and those color schemes and now i'm like ooh, i like that like that's so now it actually intrigued me a little bit more it doesn't i'll tell you why it i'll tell you why it doesn't excite me but it at the same time it does uh but it doesn't excite me from the standpoint of and i guess maybe i said that the wrong way it excites me period because it's rugby league so it excites me but from the standpoint of the city of ottawa isn't uh isn't uh, a big known name it's not like a big known name. so it doesn't excite like that like toronto toronto is an exciting i love toronto like i really like the city of toronto yeah so obviously like the city of toronto excites me right off the bat I'm like oh, that's a great city like i've been there it's a phenomenal international city it's a wonderful place to go to i know a lot about it um it's just it's, it's obviously gareth lives there and so we can have alcoholic beverages <laughs> there, so that's wonderful um but no, so I mean, like that, that kind of thing. So it does excite me. And I love Halifax. I've got a couple cities in uh, in Canada that I've been to a decent amount of times that I really love. Uh, I haven't been to Ottawa and I don't really know anybody that knows a lot about Ottawa. So it's kind of hard for me to get as excited about it. Uh, and, and then I was just like, I don't know how easy it's going to be to get there and everything else. But the logo, like the logo, the design, everything. I'm like, dude, that's really cool. Like, I really yeah. like that. And it like immediately kind of turns me a little bit like, oh, okay, awesome. And I do like 
Ottawa has something that Toronto and New York and all the other big town, like when you think of Canada or you think of America, there's like certain cities that are going to immediately come to mind. Hmm. Ottawa is not one of those cities. But one of the good things that Ottawa has is because of that, it kind of doesn't have the pressure. And hmm. that's actually kind of a good thing, like because now they can build it and they can be like, no, we can have a couple guys in here from Canada and build like this way. And we can do this and we can do that. And they can kind of, they have a little bit more freedom to kind of go their own direction and build yeah. the way they want. And that actually does excite me. So it's, yeah, it's interesting. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, Ooh, that's going to look, that's going to be a good looking uniform. <laughs> you said something that interests me there, Nate. So you mentioned that they don't have the pressure, which means they can maybe throw in some Canadians. And this is a topic that, you know, comes up a fair bit when we're talking about the Wolfpack or, or Ottawa, you know, a lot of fans from the UK and a lot of fans from Australia say things like, you know, why aren't they developing Canadian players? We've heard, we've heard, um, Eric Perez talk about how this time around, you know, Ottawa will be looking to develop players from Canada. They won't do what the Wolfpack yep. have done. But the more things go along, the more like the tune sort of starts to change. And, and most recently I've heard Eric say, uh, being interviewed saying that, you know, they want to get out of League One as quickly as possible. And, you know, if they can get some Canadians, they will. But if they can't, then, you know, it could be 20 years away. So it's starting to sound like the same story as what the Wolfpack are doing. What, what do you guys think about that? Where do you see that going? Um, we'll, we'll start with you, Gaz. So, yeah, you're, you're right in saying, and I believe Eric even mentioned it at the, um, at the, the, the club launch there, you know, and, and certainly I think you're right in saying that his, his tune has kind of changed over time on this. Like initially when he came on our show on the Howl and Hour, he suggested that, you know, there was going to be a concerted effort to recruit Canadian talent um, and that, that it was quite high on the agenda. Um, and I think, you know, that's, that's a great thing. It'll, it'll give, him, give him and the club a lot of kudos amongst the rugby league community, not just in Canada, but, but beyond, and, and in particular across the pond and in the UK, who, you know, there's obviously a large number of detractors saying that it's essentially just a UK club that occasionally plays in Canada. Yeah. Um, one thing he mentioned, I believe, at the launch was that, you know, they, they're going to try and get in some Canadian players and they want to get out of League One as quickly as possible. I think they just want to get out of League One as quickly as possible because financially it makes it makes sense. Once you're in a bigger competition that draws bigger numbers and has bigger revenue, um, it's something that you can, you know, benefit from more. Ultimately, all these clubs are businesses at the end of the day. Um, where I think he, where I think Eric is hopefully going to look to differentiate, and, and this is something that I'm trying to discuss with him as often as I can, is is trying to get out there and, and go after the wealth of Canadian athletic talent that's coming out of university and not getting a chance to play in the uh, in the majors of you know Canadian football leagues or or the NHL and things like this. You know, we've got over twelve about twelve hundred plus um, collegiate football players at any given time nationwide and. I think this year, 172 of them, if I counted correctly, were invited to the uh, the CFL Combine. There's only 72 or 73 picks in the CFL Combine versus the 250 or whatever it is in the NFL. Yep. And there's a number of a number of top quality athletic uh, play, like players that are just capable. I think of with some upskilling and some conversion of maybe having a go of making a League One roster and trying to uh, in, in rugby league and trying to build from there. Of course, it's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of time. Everyone realizes that. But if you get them in early enough and, and you have the right blend of youthful athletic exuberance coming from football or rugby union players here in Canada, blended with some wily old vets and experienced uh, Brits and maybe a couple of their 
you know, a couple of youthful Brits as well, you could probably build a pretty potent squad, I think. Yeah. Um, where he then sort of went on from that is the willingness to spend uh, several years, you know, five, maybe even six years in the championship, slowly building yeah. a solid foundational base before making that push for the Super League. He's been critical of, of the Wolfpack in, in trying to strive for promotion back to back to back to get up to the Super League and, and then figure it out. He's trying to take a more measured approach. Um, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with that. I would love to see, you know, a handful of Canadians in there. And I, I genuinely believe at least in, in the first couple of seasons, you could actually see potentially, you know, five or six Canadians in a, in a wider squad that hopefully gets some game time and, and some exposure to the sport. Well, surely, you know, because the Wolfpack in the early days in League One were winning by a lot. Ottawa mm-hmm. can still win. It doesn't necessarily need to be by a lot. They can still win and have, you know, some Canadians in that squad, blood them, give them some game time, give them some exposure, some some minutes on the field. Mm-hmm. Of then, course. And then see what happens. I, I, I hope it goes that way. We're not going to know. Likewise, likewise, yeah. But, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, yeah. I mean... If uh, if I was involved in in the in the club on a on a sort of full time basis or something like that, then that would be one of the things that I would want to undertake is trying to help craft that um, that infrastructure for Canadian athletic talent to to be able to maybe tra- make the transition from one sport to another. And I, I see, you know, the the ability for uh, Canadian rugby union players to make that transition pretty easily. And then second to that, perhaps, is the uh, the Canadian football players because you you know you've got guys who are just peak athletes. And as long as you can upskill them on the on the cardio uh, conditioning side, so that they can play the game for the eighty minutes, and upskill their positions, uh, their, their, their ball handling ability, passing that sort of thing, I think you can make that transition. Well, I genuinely do. Yeah. Also, I think you know, obviously, there's going to be a strong rivalry between the Wolfpack and the Aces eventually, once they're both you know in Super League, which hopefully one day happens. But surely, in the early days, you know, there could be a dual edge situation going on. Like we've got Quinn Nwadi now over uh, back with the pack and you know he'll be playing yep. one for the Rochdale Hornets for a little while yep. maybe there's opportunities for the two clubs to work together has any of that been discussed um, I haven't heard that being discussed at this point in time but um, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule it out of the equation at all I think you've you know you've hit the nail on the head there in terms of that would be a great way of um, you know hopefully spreading a bit of goodwill amongst the two clubs and, and having them work to, together to, towards a common cause. And like you say, at least for the first however many seasons, they're, they're going to be at sort of worlds apart between Super League and League One or Championship. So having, having the ability to, to share players, some, some of the, the, you know, the experienced vets, maybe from the Wolfpack down into the, into, to the Ottawa team to, to help develop any Canadian players that come up might be, might be useful long term. Um, I do know that I think Eric wants to to try and put on an annual cup competition, as it were, perhaps, or an annual rivalry between the uh, the Aces and the Wolfpack, would be- um, which would be very cool to see. Would be very cool to see, and I think it would help build that rivalry. Even if you are, you know, League One versus Super League, at the end of the day, it, it all helps build. I think the 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 wider appeal of the sport here in Canada, more people. Uh, attending and you know everyone loves a good derby game right i mean normally derbies are within in the uk within the same town or or one town over which is not the not the kind of distance between toronto and ottawa but hey at the end of the day you know we spaces in north america are further and far you know yeah, further we're apart we used to you know you, you'll have a rivalry from coast to coast in the uk or in in canada so um 
you know, we'll, we'll take it. Who cares? Let's yeah. just put it on. Over here, our, I think... our Queensland derby is, uh, you know, far south versus far north pretty much. So we yeah, certainly exactly. understand that. What were you going to say, Nate? I, I was going to say on, on the Ottawa side, I think there's two things. One, on the Ottawa side, um, the one thing I think is that if, if they build and they're building with Canadians in there, then they're going to be able to, like, you know, it's, it's one of those little snippy comments, but it's an easy one for them to start the rivalry when the time comes is, you know, Canada's real team, yeah. something as yeah. simple as that, right? <laughs> and that's and that's a silly thing, but it's not, right? Like it's an easy like thing to like get in a rivalry going, right? It's a super easy thing to get going. It also shows those players have the ability to make it into their national team and stuff like that. It shows something. Um, and that's a little thing. I don't think it's a big thing, but it's a little thing. You know, it, it's the sport. I think the biggest the biggest thing there if it is the first team that starts taking a chance on Canadian and American athletes is going to actually win. I talk to these people all the time. Like I have a lot of people call me yeah. from a lot of different clubs around the world, and they want to know about like American athletes and how to get them. And I'm like, all right, we got to do this, this, and, this. and I did an episode on this like not that long ago, where another, I kind of was like another good episode, man. Yeah, the Stapleton Brothers one where I was yeah. like, this is how you record episodes. I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to be honest and have enough alcohol to just be out and just talk. And so I told, like, I reached out to all these people. I was like, I'm putting this podcast out. You may want to listen to it. And they hated me for it, but whatever. I don't care. Um, <laughs> but the honest answer is I said, look, you got it. Like, you need to actually take the time to develop the players, and they don't want to do that. I think a little bit of it isn't their fault. It's they don't know how to develop Canadian and American players because they haven't grown up in the sport, different lingo, different terminology, different fitness, different. And they look at the body shape, right? Like, if you look at a Canadian or American athlete based on sports that they play, I mean, you know, you get some hockey guys that kind of look like rugby league guys in the sense because of, of the fitness. But, but for the most part, you'll get a lot of these football players and stuff. They'll be like, oh, well, that guy looks like he's a prop, but he runs like a wing. So they don't know what to do with him, right? So I think a little bit of that is just they're not familiar with the American mm. and Canadian athlete and just how to – they don't know how to coach them yet, and they got to figure that out. But then the other side of that is when I talk to them, it's like, yeah, well, we have to figure out how we're going to – you know, like somebody's got to pay for them to come over, and then somebody's got to – they got to get them a job and everything else. And I tell them all the same thing. I'm like a little bit in this minor leagues – but for the most part, if you're dealing with guys that play college athletics, like at good high levels in different sports over here in North America, this whole like so I have to pay to get to you doesn't make sense. Yeah. And this like these athletes, hockey kids, uh, football players, basketball players, like baseball, but these kids are used to paying to be on travel teams. But beyond that, like they don't pay for anything. Like, what do you mean I'm going to get a job in construction? at the same time that like that doesn't make sense you're going to pay me to play sport like i place now obviously like arena football and like i said minor league baseball and stuff they're a little bit different but for the most part and i, and I know uh, like canadian football may be the same way a little bit but for the most part a lot of these guys they're not used to that they're like what is what is this like why am i it's a clash of if you want to yeah if you want to invest in me like you're going to invest in me like you're going to pay for me to come over you're going to pay to develop me like that's an american thing like when they when valentine holmes came over it's the NFL, I know, but like you have to look at it from a professional landscape, right? Yeah. Valentine Holmes came over. He, like they didn't tell him to come over and pay his money to come over here and hang out with them and do all these other. I mean, he paid to get trained a little bit, but after he got picked up by the Jets, he didn't pay for anything. Like, and that's like, a dif that's the difference, really. Like we still we embrace our working class roots, and that's you know a great thing for the game. But can in instances like this be a not so great? Not in professional sport. Yeah, in professional sport, that's not. There's not a. Like, like I'm a working class. I was born and raised in the working yeah. class, and I, I am proud to be in the working class. But I'm also not a professional athlete. But, like, professional athletes should not be – like, if you're trying to make somebody a professional athlete, 
they don't treat them like the working class. Like work them on the field like the working class, but they don't, yeah, but that's it. And that's that's just my opinion. That's where I I agree with you. And that's where um, I think these North American clubs are the most likely to develop the North American players. And it sounds ridiculous when you say it out loud. Like it's very obvious when you say it out loud, sorry. But um, it, it's the way it will happen. And, and a lot of us are very impatient. Like we see the Wolfpack, we see them in Super League and we say, well, okay, where are the Canadians? But these things take time. And I've no doubt that if, if mm. Toronto continue to succeed, if Ottawa are successful, if New York, who we'll talk about in a moment, are successful as well, then and other clubs start to be formed because of that, in 20 years' time, there's going to be a shitload of North Americans in the Super League and maybe even in the NRL. Um, yeah. You know, just that will happen naturally. But it will take time, and I think you know we just need to be. Hopefully, we start to see some things in place in Canada, in particular. I think it's most likely at the moment, but we'll see what happens. But yeah, we'll we'll see how we go. But it, it's definitely very exciting, Nate. Twenty twenty one for Ottawa. What do you expect as an outsider, kind of looking in? What do you want to see from the Aces uh, in League One? Uh, I actually want to see. I want to see three or four Canadians on the on the roster, even if they don't play in games on the rot. Like even if it's in the extended squad, I want to see a couple Canadians in there. Yeah. Uh, just because of that, um, I want to see Ottawa be successful. Uh, and the biggest thing is, I do want to see them lay down roots because if somebody says, "Okay, what sport has a chance to make it, or which country, or whatever," I think we have we have well, just based on sheer numbers, we have more athletes than Canada does because we have more people. We have so many more people. Yeah. But that said. Uh, that doesn't mean that Canada can't draw from America at some point, right? But the honest answer is I think Canada is an ideal country to pick up rugby league and run with it and make it a sport. And uh, obviously with the winter time, it makes it a little different. You know, fast forward 20 years from now, I don't think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably, this may annoy some people, but I don't think Toronto and Ottawa play in the RFL in 20 years. I think Toronto and Ottawa are part of a league that spans across North America and they play in North America in their league. But I think a side like Ottawa, I think what Eric is going to do is set it up right. And I, if it just grows just right in 2021 and they win League One, which I wouldn't be shocked if they win League One, if they do it just right, we're going to see a team that, that no kidding will grow up and be a true rival and Toronto and Ottawa will be like they will be like the pillars of rugby league in North America. Like they really can be because they're set in ideal locations yeah. in an area that loves contact sport with beautiful weather for you know eight months a year that you can play it. Like it's yeah, it's a yeah, it's a great, it's a great place. And Gaz, what do you see? And you might know. Like, are there any? Do we have any word on who might coach this side? Is there any word on who might be playing in this side? Have you? Have you heard anything on, on your end? Not yet. So, I mean, there's no word yet on a, on a head coach. There were rumours of uh, former Catalan's halfback uh, and former Catalan's head coach of French International, Laurent uh, Frazinus, um, being linked to the position of head coach. But, you know, I asked Eric that directly before the launch and, his, and also, you know, his comments during the launch. You know, he quashed that rumour and he basically said, like, no, no one's been... No one's been approached. Um, we're hope they, I, what he did say in the launch was that they're hoping within the next sort of five or six weeks um, after the launch to to have a head coach in place. So I guess keep an eye out for that around the end of April, early May for an announcement to be made. But with current circumstances around the globe, who knows what will happen on the time frame of that. Um, I think ultimately, if you can get a either a French coach or at least a good French-speaking um, 
head coach. It would be a great asset for the club. Ottawa's, you know, officially, I think, the only bilingual city uh, in Canada by, by sort of municipal regulation. And outside of Montreal, I think it's the second most bilingual metropolitan area in the country. Um, so having that bilingual capability would hopefully allow for a stronger and quicker connection within the French-speaking community and population of the Ottawa Valley region, Gatineau, which is a town right across the Ottawa River into Quebec, just north of the city, and, and beyond that into sort of southern uh, Quebec, Montreal, Laval, and those sorts of areas. Um, in terms of player recruitment specifically, no names have been mentioned at this point. Um, and, you know, Eric's kind of, I think the way that he's played it there, and he's mentioned it on our show and, and, and in passing in, you know, recently, he's talking about rather than having like a, an out-and-out director of rugby having a, a head coach who's also more like a, an English Premier League manager when it comes to the, to the soccer you know guy who a guy who forms his squad in his vision and kind of you know lives and dies on, on off the back of the squad selections that he makes when it comes to signing players um, we'll see what happens though I mean lots lots of excitement going on one of the great things I think though that uh, that Ottawa Aces a, a better place than say Toronto and probably many of the other clubs is having that partnership with OSEG means mm -hmm. that they've got this huge infrastructure behind them that's already set in place that has been working in the professional sporting environment now for many a year with, um, with some big organizations, some big sporting franchises and organizations. So they already know what needs to be done in order to build a successful um, club. Yeah. And now it's about translating that into rugby league. So I think if, if he gets the right coaching staff and gets the right blend of players for a squad, he's going to be in a better position to actually usurp the Wolfpack than, than, and, and, and accomplish more than the Wolfpack has um, in the same time frame, I think. You know, and I'm not talking about getting promoted into the Super League in a few years. I'm talking about getting promoted to the Super League and being competitive in the Super League. Yeah quicker and, and more sustainably. I think that's where they're going to differentiate. They'll be doing well. And dude, if they get French players, if they bring over some French players, they're going to be like that. They, they would do well with that too. 100%. Because that's, that's, that's one of the criticisms that I've, I, I've heard and having discussions with friends of mine who are from the Ottawa region and who are big CFL fans is that the Red Blacks have come into a bit of you know, stern criticism here for not being um, as bilingual as, as they possibly could be. So much so that apparently... The team's coverage within the French media of, of uh, you know, the Ottawa Valley region and, and, and Quebec as a province, which is right next door, has been limited at best. So if you can bring in that bilingual aspect and bring in some French players, someone for, for, the, for the French, you know, the francophone aspect of Canada to, to sort of rally behind, I think you can, you can sort of stop bridging some divides there and building a wider audience, which is, again, crucial for the success of, of any sporting club, really. Yeah they, have, oh, yeah, they have to be unique to their city, and I think it's important. I think they will do it by the sounds of things. Um, Gaz, yourself and Rob, will you be talking purely Toronto Wolfpack on the Howling Hour, or are you going to add Ottawa Aces to into the mix? Maybe you should start <laughs> yeah. the pod. I think, I think what we'll probably end up doing is, is just building it in there. Um, we have a pretty good uh, working relationship with Eric. You know, I've known Eric since 2012 when I was playing uh, rugby league here as, as, as a local in Toronto. And then when I was in the, the Wolverine squad in 2013, he was running the CRL. So I've known Eric for quite some time. And, uh, you know, Rob has known Eric as well since um, I think the build up to the launch of the Wolfpack and, and, and around that time. So he's known him for a few years. So I suspect that we'll probably be 
closely following the the Ottawa Aces as well. Given that they're not uh, playing any games this year, it's going to be quite easy to fit them into to our show. I think in terms of you know just monitoring their progress, any key announcements and signings that they make, whether it be coaches or, or, or playing roster stuff, any developments and that sort of thing will be. Uh, We'll, we'll be discussing, and I'm sure from 2020, 2021 onwards, when they actually start their normal season in League One, we'll probably be covering them pretty, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty wide scale as well. Definitely exciting times. And look, let's switch it up a little bit because the day after the Ottawa Aces launch, we also had a, a launch of sorts for the New York City Rugby League as well. And it was a little bit different because this one happened in Liverpool in Northern England instead of in New York. Uh, this one, the club doesn't have a, a mascot or a full name as of yet. And uh, also, they're not exactly in League One. They haven't been accepted for 2021. They may not be accepted for 2022, but they have some massive plans. Uh, Nate, I'll, I'll ask you what your thoughts first, but why Ottawa and not New York, in your opinion, for, from the RFL's perspective? Eric Perez. Yeah. Flat out. Uh, yeah. and, and that's not to that's not to say anything negative towards Ricky Willby, New York. Uh, it's not to say anything towards any other city that would possibly be looking at it. I think, I think when I think for I think it's a little bit of comfort, right? Comfort in what you know. Yeah. And they know that Eric Perez started the Toronto Wolfpack, and yes, the naysayers complain about whatever they want, but Toronto is a great thing for rugby league. And yeah. It doesn't matter that they don't have to win Super League to be a great success story. Yeah. Um, they just don't have to be. Um, but they them coming into the game. 10,000 fans being at a stadium last year, you know, in games like that proves the point that they can make it. Exactly. And Eric Perez was, yeah, and Eric Perez was a, was the first part of that building block when that whole thing started. And so for them, it's just going to be like, here's a guy that knows what he's doing. And he exactly. says the city works and we don't know if the city works, but he says it does. Yeah. And he's already started Toronto. Why don't we go with this one? And so I think that is a big part of it. Again, that's not anything against Ricky or any, that's not anything against anybody related to any other team. It's just simply like if I were if I were in charge and I was like, okay, I know this this is a known entity. I'm going to let him go with it again for expansion. Yeah, uh, yeah. he'd be great. I almost say at some point the RFL would be smart. This is a complete side note, but the RFL would be very smart to put a guy like Eric Perez in a position where he can make real decisions on how to grow the game and how to like actually develop in new regions and everything else. So that's a whole other role and a whole different conversation. But, um, but I think that's that. I think the other thing too is the difference also is. New York City is exciting and everybody likes the idea of New York, but it's also terrifying because there are millions of people that live in New York and millions of people that thought they were going to be stars in New York and millions of people that work at McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people go to New York to make it in the big lights and they don't make it. So New York is intimidating as much as it is exciting to people. It's kind of like does the, it just both like it excites you and intimidates you at the same time. Yeah. Um, and I think that is a real concern uh, for the RFL. I think that's why they've drummed their feet because they're like, it costs so much money to be there. How do you do this? And you know, it's going to cost so much excitement. How do you do this? And I think there's a lot of just fear of the unknown there. Um, well, it looks like yeah. New York are going to need to prove it. And they're going to try and do that because they've announced, as we know now, they've announced like up to 30 games next year, probably all friendly or mostly friendlies. They're going to yeah. play, they're saying they'll play, they've got three NRL sides to be confirmed that will come over next February to play in New York against this team. They've got, be <laughs> they've got that'd be absolutely, that'd be absolutely huge. international teams that they're playing against. They're going to play in the 
Challenge Cup. They're going to play in the 1895 Cup. It's pretty ambitious for, for Ricky Wilby and the team. Um, how, how Is this legit? So it's very ambitious. Uh, I've spoken to Ricky quite a bit uh, as far as the legit side of things. I mean, only time will tell whether they can lock in the lock in the I say I think the sides that would be the hardest to lock in would be the NRL sides. Yeah. Um, just simply because of the preseason and all the other stuff. I think that'll be the hardest, uh, the hardest part. Um, I think the internationals wouldn't be as hard because it could be Samoa versus Tonga and yeah. teams like that on the way over to the world cup. And they would be able to do quite well with that. Um, I'm, I'm a heavy, heavy believer that the teams, the teams other than Australia, uh, honestly, the teams other than Australia and England could really actually make a home base here uh, as far as fans, and they would probably do better than Australia and England would. Uh, they really could. Um, and that's not because of the skills on the field. That's just simply because of the, like, because of the, the, uh, the lineage, the heritage, the, the background, and certain pockets you could play, like certain teams could play in certain places. Um, uh, that would really have that family feel like out West, like Utah, San Francisco, they could play Tonga and Samoa could play year round and they'd have people showing up at those games. Um, but I think that side, the international would be big. Um, that'll be really big there. They can play games. They can start to, they can start to have that excitement. I think playing the NRL teams would obviously be huge because of the excitement of the on-field action, people seeing it, they would have no clue who these teams are showing up. Like it, <laughs> like, Melbourne Storm could show up. The Sydney Roosters could. Any team could show up. Nobody would have a clue who they were. Uh, but they'd be like, "Oh, I've heard of this. I've heard of Sydney, Australia." So they'd come watch. But the they'd Sydney come Roosters watch because had that, they, had that billboard, world champions. They did have a. They did have a billboard <laughs> that, like, I don't think any American knew they had. But so it's funny because like the Sydney Roosters won't attract a person to the field that is born and raised in America. But the name Sydney would, right? And then they'd be like, oh, okay, well, they're the team from Sydney, Australia. I want to see that. And they'd be like, oh, I like rugby. They wouldn't know the difference. They'd like that. They'd be like, oh, okay, I like it's a team from somewhere else in a unique sport. I like that. So there's these reasons that you can get them to, you know, they're going to play against my new team. Well, I can be a fan of my new team. Yeah. So there's reasons why they'd come. Once they got there, then they'd see the level of skill from a team like Sydney, you know, or a team like Melbourne or something like that. And they'd be like, oh, wow, shit, this is an incredible sport. So once they're there, then the sport itself markets them. But it's the other things that are going to have to get them there. The names of, of rugby league won't get them there, but the, the on-field absolutely can keep them there yeah um but as far as the as far as the games i mean you know i've talked to i've talked to ricky and, and it'll depend on how it all goes but if they do get the nrl games if they do have some of the internationals for warm-ups and they can play samoa tonga new zealand australia whoever it is but if they can play a couple of games in that what september october time the october time frame um if they can play a couple of those games that will go a long way um, playing a couple of different teams from England that could come over and play, that could go a long way. Um, playing, you know, they want to play against possibly a USARL side. I mean, not like a side, but like a, like an all-star side. Yeah. Possibly play against California, stuff like that. Like those different things as warm-ups, right? Like as, as, a, as basically like games throughout the year to like help develop their squad. Or maybe that's sides when they put in some Americans to get more playing time and stuff. Uh, but they want to use those as scouting opportunities. That's what Ricky has said to me. Those are, those are really good games, but it's a matter of like building a base layer. Uh, all of those are things. Now, none of those, this is the weird thing, right? Like that all excites all of us from a rugby league standpoint. None of that will excite anybody from New York. Yeah. Um, not, nothing nothing will excite 
somebody from New York until they're ex- like they like they're very simple. They're going to be like, well, excite me, like make me excited. They're not going to come in excited. They're going to be like, you have to make me excited. Yeah, because it's New York City. They have a million reasons to be excited about their sports. And not not that their teams are great, but like they just they just have so many options. So it's like, oh, you could make me understand why I want to be excited about you. They're almost like French people from Paris, like almost like that. Um, like they just have a certain thing about them that they know that they're New Yorkers. Um, so if you come in though and you actually show them success and you show them an exciting uh, event, like you go to the game and it's like, Hey, this will last for two hours. I'm going to, like, I know this isn't going to last for four hours. It's going to be two hours and it's a lot of fun and there's some heavy hitting and they've got some really cool names and all they've got some dudes who are kind of like characters and they've got guys from, England and France and Australia and America and Canada all mixed in like that kind of stuff can intrigue them once they're there. Um, the hardest part's going to be getting them there, but once they're there, they can get excited about the sport. But if you do that, um, you can, you can, you can win. There's a lot to it, I think, but I, yeah. I think it's exciting. And what do you know about the name? Cause that was, I was expecting to, to find out the name at this event last week. And we obviously didn't hear anything. We've heard all sorts of ideas like Rampage and Bulls and things like that. But yep, the you... Rampage is one that the Rampage I've now heard multiple times. And I can absolutely tell you that I've seen. I, I don't know that that's that. I'm not saying that's the name, um, but I know that name is definitely being floated out there uh, as an as an option. Um, I've heard Ricky say there's at least four and they might put it to a vote. Yeah, I've heard him talk about a couple of me and him have talked about a couple of them. Um, uh, and kind of the same thing as Gareth. Like I've been said, not to, I've been told not to say anything as far as those because if they do reveal it, they want to you know they want to do their reveal party yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but that said, I do know that Rampage is out there. Like people have have talked about it. Uh, and 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 you know me and talking to Ricky. Ricky's like, yeah, it's actually it's a good name. He's like, it's not a bad name. So it's not one that he's like dismissed. Um, but from multiple people, uh, I've heard Rampage coming out. So. Uh, Interesting. We'll see, but yeah, but I definitely have heard that name. <laughs> we'll see how we go. Yeah, so I've I've seen it. So I've seen some of the logos. I've seen some of the designs and some things for some different ones, and there's some pretty kick-ass ones. Which that's it has cool. to be. It's New York, so. And assuming the orange and blue will remain, that's the one thing that will remain, right? That is the yeah. one thing. Yeah, yeah, that's the absolute one thing that uh, that will remain. Um, and they, like they've put out the practice jerseys and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and the practice kits and stuff and. Uh, and and they're pretty freaking sick. They look good. So and I've seen some. I like it. Yeah, I've seen some tests of what they want their actual uniforms to look like, and yeah. they're pretty legit, also. Yeah. So, uh, but it'll be exciting. Gaz, from your perspective, if you were to have an absolute guess, like who would the three on NRL teams be that like maybe you want to see playing New York, or that that you think are likely to to be able to come across next year? That's a good question. That's a very good question. I would love to see some of the, the, I guess, like the biggest names in the NRL, like the perennial kind of contenders of the NRL come over because you've got that, that draw. I, I, I kind of echo Nate's sentiments there about trying to get, you know, a Sydney team because Sydney as a city uh, will probably just bring out a lot of, a lot of the people from, from New York area who don't know anything about rugby league and, are going to be attracted by, I guess, the glitz and glam and the the intrigue of of, of, of Sydney as a city. So maybe maybe the Roosters would be a great one to to bring out there. Um, I mean, some of the other ones like Brisbane, perhaps Brisbane yeah. Broncos could be a, could be another big one there because people know Sydney, they know Brisbane, they know Melbourne. So you know, if you were going to tell me like pick three three teams, Brisbane Broncos, 
to me, seems like a bit of a no-brainer. Sydney Roosters would seem a no-brainer and, and the Melbourne Storm as well. Three big clubs with a, you know good history and, and good track record of winning within the sport as well. Um, yeah, those, those are probably... Do you want to know the names as an American that I would... You guys would be like, what the hell? So I do agree. You I think to, Brisbane Broncos, you spot on. South Sydney is one you're going to say, Nate, I reckon. South Sydney Sydney or South Sydney. I think you're not wrong with either one of those just yep. because it's got the name Sydney in it. Uh, Sydney, yep. just as good as South Sydney. Russell Crowe Russell is obviously Crow, yeah. that angle. Um, but that said, South Sydney, Sydney, either one of them, like you'll, you'll be okay because it has that name. The other one, the New Zealand Warriors. Mm-hmm. And I know everybody would be like, oh, they may win the wooden spoon. Who cares about them? Uh, America <laughs> does because they'd be like, oh, New Zealand. That's cool. New Zealand like, and they're rugby called the well. New Zealand and it's called rug and it's yeah. rugby. And yeah. they're called the Warriors. You're right. And, all, yeah. and everybody's going to think, oh my God, they're going to do the haka. And you would absolutely want them to do a haka before <laughs> the game. Like yep. You would tell the Australian players, like the like, you'd be like, uh, you better learn the fucking haka like right away because you're you're doing it, or go hide in the locker room till they're done and then come out. But <laughs> either way, like that, like that is actually one of those teams. Brisbane, of all the teams, you they would market themselves the best because they they just they just get it. Like they just they they get it. They they know that they they know how to be the center of attention in Queensland. So they could figure out how to be the center of attention over here, like for that for that one week kind of thing. Um, but yeah, and, and they've got a ton of film and they've got you can put up so much great highlights from their from the stars of their team from the past and everything else. And you could do some really good work with them. Um, so we're not going to mention yeah. the dragons, guys, St. George of Lawara, dude. <laughs> we're not, and I hate it because I'm. But that said, that said, sorry to let you down. Nothing that says like there's nothing that uh, there's nothing that said, dude. I would love it because I'd be in heaven if the dragons came over. But there, there's nothing that says that they couldn't market them just as well. Like the only difference in the other teams is the name. Yeah, it's just the name of the cities they come from or the, the countries they come from. That's that's it. But yeah. the dragon's name is way more kick-ass than the other ones. <laughs> what, what about um, what about players? So who 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 are New York going to sign up here? Like, is it going to be? Because I would assume that straight off the bat, there's going to be some Americans there, right? That we 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 probably know the names already. But are, are we? Could we see like a Sam Burgess over there, or someone that you know, clinically medically retired from the NRL? But who's to say he can't? play in like at a league one sort of level um what do you what do you think nate is there any what sort of players are they talking about at the moment um i think they're talking about a little bit of everything obviously because they based on the player quota that you know that a lot of them are going to end up being you know know, british you know they're going to be english you know for the most part Um, or maybe they have like scottish or irish or welsh heritage but they're going to mainly be english you know players especially league one you know that kind of thing at first so yeah there'll be a big group of them they'll bring over some names um there's 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 literally no name in the sport of rugby league other than sunny bill williams that will matter to an american there's no there's nobody um that said sorry boys we've already gone yeah exactly (laughs) Toronto's has already snatched him up as a genius by the way but uh that was a brilliant move but um uh, but that said, though, uh, uh, push that to the side. There are a lot of players you could bring over that would be. You don't need to have Sam Burgess from the standpoint of New York because that won't that won't mean anything except for unless you can put highlight films from them. You could get some guys that are kind of good fringe in and out of the NRL uh, that have that have the ability to play that could look really good on the field in League One. That could look like stars and they could become stars. Uh, and you don't have to pay the price, but where the big thing, the big advantage of a Sam Burgess or something like that is when you're in England and you're going to these fields, 
and the fans can come out and see their famous famous English stars. So if you go get, you know, let's just let's just say they got, uh, let's say they win, let's say they come in in 2022 and they win League One, and then they go to Championship. Let's let's just go to Championship. If they brought in at that point Josh Hodgson, or they brought in like uh, I'm just using them, but Jimmy, you know, they brought in James Graham, or they brought in somebody like that, somebody that's an English player that people know is, you know, they want to see again, they want to see them in Bradford, they want to see them in. You know, they want to see them in York. They want to see them in these different places. They'll sell out the house because they'll get to see an English star uh, that's playing in New York. So they would come and be like, oh, that's amazing. Like, I get to see this guy I wanted to see. Or Sam Burgess right now, if they signed him for next year to go play in some of those games, you know, the, like imagine Sam Burgess going and playing in, you know, in Bradford. Like, mm. somewhere like, I mean, they would be, they, they would love that. They would love to see that. So they would show up. But the, I think that we're, New York has an advantage is because New York will make a star out of a guy, right? So, like, I am a big – I want to do another one. I've just done one recently, but I want to do another one where I kind of, like, come up with a squad but because I've kind of recalibrated my brain a little bit to it. But, like, the honest answer is, like, if you look at Ronaldo Mulatalo, yep. young guy, Sharks, he has American heritage. You can use that kind of thing. He's got a name. People would love it. You can market the shit out of the name Ronaldo, like, all day long. He's young. He's fast. He's he's strong. He's all those things. He's going to have just a little bit of highlights, but you can take him. He's a guy that you don't have to pay the big dollars to. Well, you pay big dollars coming over in a super league kind of thing, but like he wouldn't, he wouldn't make as much in NRL, like as far as like demand of money. But if you came to America, you could take a player like that and put the ball in his hand all the time, mix him up with a couple others and you could market him inside the New York media and make him a star. Like you can take somebody like that. You can take a guy like I don't even. You could take a uh, what, what's his? I can't believe I just forgot his name. It's terrible. The young guy from uh, Wigan that's come on this year. Um, oh my god, I can't believe I forgot his name. Um, <laughs> uh, Smithies. Um, but you can take a couple of the young players like that, and you can put them in there, and you can make those guys stars. You can kind of mix them in, and then you can put guys that are quality championship level players, quality first grade players from New, New South Wales Cup. From you know, you could get some of the guys that are French, like PNG players, French PNG players that are would be excellent to watch play the game, but they wouldn't necessarily be stars. But you could bring them over and make them exciting. You can mix in those players, but in America, in New York especially, but like in the U.S. of A., if you don't have, and this is something I've 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 told Ricky this, I've told multiple people this, if you don't have someone that doesn't have, it doesn't matter whether it doesn't matter if you don't have somebody that you can say is American. So like I, I'm a big heritage player fan. I love the heritage guys. They're all great dudes. But if you don't have American accents in America, we will not care about you. Like we just like for, to represent our teams. Like that's weird. Like I used to watch sevens, but I didn't really care because they had a bunch of guys that had like British accents and everything else. Mm-hmm. And they were mixed in. And I was like, Oh, they're kind of like us. And they kind of are, but like, I wish they had one person that, and then as soon as like one guy got good that had like, born and raised in America, all of a sudden I was like, hell yeah. I wasn't against the heritage players, but it was instantly like, ah, there's one of like, there's one guy that sounds just like me that's on the, and that's any kind of anywhere in the world. Like you identify with somebody that sounds like you, looks like you, you know, comes from the same neighborhood. Like you have something that's immediate common ground, but in America on the sports side, you can take a Ronaldo Mulatalo and make him a freaking star add him with a Canadian, even a Canadian's good. You know, you throw a Canadian, he's going to sound like us. Like that works. 
You could take a Canadian player and put him on the field and an American player and a British. You could make stars out of them, but you have to have somebody that sounds like us. And then you have to have marketable players Uh, or just bring over Cameron Murray and let him just stand there (laughs) like and just look beautiful. But to your point, like he can stand there. Mulatalo can can play, and that you know you can watch the highlights. But I think it's important to have, you know, the inter any interviews after the game need to be with. Let's throw some names out there: guys like Joe Wagner or Ryan Butler. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Um. So yep. I, I think these are guys that they'd be crazy if they're not fitting them into this squad somehow. Um. But it is exciting. I feel like, I feel like. Ricky will be the way he's speaking about developing Americans is a little bit different to what Eric Perez is saying. I think Ricky's really keen to get involved with the USARL a little bit more and maybe even California rugby league a little bit more and, and yeah. some combines together. I feel like that's happening. Whereas I don't see guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't see mm. the CRL as connected to Ottawa and Toronto as they want to be. Um, would that be right to say that? Yeah, that'd probably be a fairly fair assumption to make. I think, you know, it's been a number of years since I played locally here in Canada myself in the CRL comps. Um, but, you know, the, the CRL comp as well for the last few years has kind of been dwindling in numbers and they're looking to, to build it back up. And now that they've got, you know, a new board in place and, uh, you know, young guys and, and, and women who are involved in the sport, hands-on. Uh, What's up, podcast? Just interrupting the chat to let you know about a special offer from our friends at Sports Flick, exclusive for Chasing Kangaroos listeners. So Sports Flick is like the Netflix for niche sport, and it includes some cool shit like bare-knuckle boxing, football from the Middle East, and baseball from South America. But most importantly for us, it's the only place you can watch replays and all the latest from the Balkan Super League, Serbian Rugby League, and Serbian International Rugby League matchups. Uh, we can confirm that Sports Flick are in negotiations with two other domestic competitions in developing rugby league nations close to our heart, mine and Big T's, and we hope to be able to bring you some news on this soon. Uh, but the way it works is by monthly subscription, so it's $9.99 US or $14.95 Australian per month. But Sports Flicks are giving you 75% off for three months, so that that's $2.49 US per month. Uh, for the first three so if you like it keep it and if not you can cancel any time but give it a shot if you want to watch some serbian rugby league balkan super league and serbian internationals uh, jump on sportsflickglobal.com that's sportsflickglobal.com to find out more and use the discount code chasing kangaroos or one word for uh to activate your 75 percent discount for three months uh, all the details will be in the show notes now back to the show start to grow and in, in numbers and rival the numbers of the bcrl uh, comp and if that ever happens, then I suspect that there will be inherently more connection between the Wolfpack and the ORL. And then, obviously, there being no local team in, in Ottawa, it's going to be kind of difficult for for the Ottawa Aces to to build on that as well. But um, we'll see what happens. I think there needs to be though that 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 connection to the grassroots amateur game in in the country in order to make a, a long term go yeah. of things. Boys, this has been an excellent chat. I think it's when I play it back, it's going to be my favorite episode of Chasing Kangaroos of all time because it's got it's kind of like two of my favorite podcasts put together with Helen Hour and, and Rugby League in America. So this is great. But I've got one final question for you both. Let's look into the future. Let's make some big predictions. I want to know what you both think of Ottawa's chances for 2021 in League One. And I want to know how deep we think New York can get in the Challenge Cup. So we'll start with you, Gaz. 
in terms of Ottawa, I think if they build the right squad, then you know, and they do it right, then they could, you know, essentially win the league outright and win promotion to the championship in in, in season one. Uh, failing winning outright promotion, they could easily make the playoffs and, and have a good stab at that and still get promoted off the back of that. So I would I would anticipate that uh, Eric's going to be quite ambitious with the squad that he builds, and I just hope that there's you know a good uh, a good sprinkling of Canadian talent within that squad as well who are there for the long haul over the next you know three plus years to to be developed. Um, in terms of uh, New York, and you know assuming they can get their squad up and running and, and in good time and uh, you know, depending on how ambitious they're being there, I would like to, to think that in the Challenge Cup they could, you know, perhaps get past the first round or two of the amateur stages, and then when the when the semi-professional clubs in League One and uh, beyond get introduced, then you know that might be the sort of natural tail off in the Challenge Cup. But if they're going to be in the eighteen ninety five Cup with some of the the, the lower ranked clubs, then they could go a little bit further. I'd, I'd like to see them just be as competitive as possible on yeah. that front. Nate, your thoughts. Uh, my thoughts would be this, the New York, I have to have that brash American. If they bring together the squad that they could, adding in some Americans, they can win the 1895 Cup. They can go into that first round. Uh, they could go into that first round. So what is round six where the, uh, where the professional sides, like the Wiggins and St. Helens and them go into the Challenge Cup. If they build that right squad of, of um, NRL reserve players, some of the championship players, a couple of big names, some Americans, the Americans, without a doubt. Um, they could get to that. I do think they could win the 1895 Cup if they did it just right with the right balance of squad uh, because they'd also have more time to focus on winning those games, studying film of those teams, preparing for them. Uh, so that's the brash thing is if they come in, I'll say that they could win the 1895 Cup. Um, the, uh, the other side of things, Ottawa Aces, I think they will definitely build a squad, and I think they w- they could win League One no problem because they could add in a couple of Canadians. Um, they could then uh, steal Quinn Nagati, take him over, <laughs> make him one of the faces of the franchise, uh, and they could do that. They can also, because James Maloney's now a French, uh, he's obviously French, he speaks French fluently, I'm <laughs> sure. They could bring him over, and he could be the f- uh, French face of the franchise. And uh, things would be amazing. I would actually travel to Ottawa immediately to watch him smoke a cigarette and speak French. But uh, <laughs> I, no kidding, think that Ottawa could win League One. I, I agree with Gaz. I think they can win League One no problem in 2021 if they build the right squad um, because they're coming at it with proper funding and then and proper backing. And, yeah, and I think New York in 2021, if they're given – if they build it just right, they could win the 1895 Cup with a heavy focus of trying to bring home a trophy in the first year. Yeah, I think that's important. I think for Ottawa, for me, it, it, I'm not fussed if they win League One. I want to see a couple of Canadians blooded. Uh, it doesn't have to yep. be a squad four. Just, you know, two, three, four would be good for me. And if they can make the finals, get to the grand final, that would be good. Uh, if they win the whole thing, that would be fantastic. Uh, and for New York... that. I think they need to shock some people. I think they need to go as deep as they can into in the Challenge Cup. They need to go deep. They need to shock everyone and sort of say to the Rugby League world, here we are, you can't say no anymore. Uh, so I think that's really Absolutely. important. Yeah, it'll be really cool to see. But either way, really exciting time. So amongst all the all the shit that's going on in the world, there's, there's probably a bright side in 2021 that we can look forward to. But um, gentlemen, this has been amazing. We need to do this again. Carbs. No, hold on. Before you go off, hold on. Yeah. 
it was one thing. I'm going to tell you right now. It needs to be on the record. Do not cut this from there. It needs to be on the record. <laughs> I know Me and Gareth both expect this. Yes, well, I kind of. Uh, if you get rid of fuck you, and I'm not even going to finish it because <laughs> I, don't, I don't have, I don't have like, the audacity to try to say your line. But that line, if you get rid of that ending to your show, I will be devastated. I'll go on strike for a week uh, without a doubt. And not listen to you for a week, but I'm telling you right now, you have to keep doing that because someday he's going to come on the show and he's going to sign off the show by saying "fuck you" and calling his own name out. Like he's going to do it. Look, possible that might that second part may be possible. I may have spoken to Quinn recently, and that could be on the card. Um, yes. There is a there is a, <laughs> there is. I don't I don't want to disappoint you, Nate. I'd hate to disappoint you. There's going to be a slight change in the sign off tonight. Um, it's very slight. It's very similar, but I feel like we have to we have to give him a little positive nod for coming back. But you, I hope I hope you like it. You're going to hear it. You'll like it. If it means you miss a week of the show, you know, I hope you can catch up the next week anyway. I'll go on strike for a week. I'll then listen to the show. <laughs> I'm still going to listen to it. I'm just going to like go on strike and pout for a week. <laughs> I love you guys. Thanks for coming on and chasing yeah. kangaroos with me. Thank you for the three. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. It's been a beautiful menage a trois. I've enjoyed every second of it. <laughs> all right, big T. Well, fuck, plenty going on in the world this week, as, as we all know. And that was a good chat with Nate and, and, and Gareth. True. But it's come to that point. Where you try and beat me in the old golden points. Mm. There's not a lot this week because a lot of competitions have been called off for obvious reasons and yeah, things yeah. like that. So there's not a lot of not a lot of Greek news or Netherlands news or anything like that. But I'm sure you'll find something in Greece. We we found a few. We found a few things. I'll start because um, I like to try and win. I feel like I need the confidence to start or I sound. You want to you want to get off to a good start. Yeah. Well, let's see if the the Tigers getting a win over the Dragons. <laughs> Can, we'll transfer uh, transfer over to golden points. I take no me. credit for the West Tigers' brilliance. To New Zealand, we hinted at this the other week, but Tonga powerhouse ex-West Tiger Ben Murdoch Masilla <laughs> is officially on his way back to the NRL in 2021 after signing with the Warriors. And I am excited to see him back. He's doing an excellent job every time I see him internationally. However, I also think that um, Tui Lolohia also does a fantastic job for Tonga, and he was... Somewhat disappointing for the West Tigers. Anyway, it's got nothing to do with Ben. I think it's going to go great for him. What do you think? Hey, I'm excited to see him back. He absolutely killed it for Tonga, as you said. How do you feel about him lining up against the Tigers? Like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. fine. I, I'm always happy for people to go into greener pastures or else we don't get people like the Leilua brothers. So Yeah, awesome, man. Well, I hope you can give, uh, give the Warriors some oomph that they definitely need. <laughs> yeah. uh, golden point. Let's stay in the country. We're in Auckland. So the Indian Jungle Cats will play their second international this May in Auckland against Tokaleu. Uh, the Jungle Cats, of course, defeated Colombia in their first international in Brisbane last year. Now, a little bit about Tokaleu. I didn't know much about this country. They're, they're sort didn't of, you? Everybody well, knows about Tokaleu. Everyone knows. I don't even know if I pronounced it correctly. I hope I did. So, uh, no, sorry if I didn't. But pretty much in between New Zealand and Hawaii. So, right there, smack bang oh, wow. in the Pacific. Um, they last took part in the Pacific Games uh, nines in Samoa last year. But the last time they played third in a side rugby league, was at the 2016 Pacific Cup. So the history dates back to 1986. And yeah, so the Tokaleo did, did my research, Big T, a bit more As than you. You always do. Mate, the Rugby League Association over there, they run a small domestic competition. 
Uh, and they might, they'll probably call upon heritage players from New Zealand right. for this one, though. A Jungle Cat's likely to be made up of heritage players from Australia and New Zealand. And I am hearing as well that the Jungle Cats are involved with the Indian team who will take part in the International Nines oh. tournament at Samoa later this year. So How good a Jungle Cats is a name. It's pretty cool. Hey, I love a unique name. Yeah. Biker Mice from Mars. Do you remember that show? Biker I, Mice? I do vaguely. That's what Jungle Cat <laughs> reminds me of that immediately, I'm not sure why. Didn't we talk about Captain Planet a few weeks ago? Oh, we're yeah, bringing back the nostalgia. Early 90s cartoons. <laughs> Toronto. I got, a, I got a couple from Toronto. Actually, Wolfpack claimed their first W for the season. We told you to be patient, fam. How good was it? With a giant killing of 18-0 against Huddersfield in round five of the Coral Challenge Cup. I mean, the their social media has always been fantastic, and it was, it was good to see them get a win just so that their social media could ramp up some W footage did you see the hug the first w hug so yeah. sweet yeah it was really cool and i'm just glad they got the win hopefully their super league win is just around the corner as well mm -hmm. uh golden point we did have one in greece so this one's from about a week and a half ago but the Rhodes knights have won the grand final replay 26 to 16 against the rs eagles in mm. athens last week uh better luck for the for the girls from rs who defeated the athens raiders 10 points to eight loving that comp uh i'm gonna stay with a canadian vibe and again, I mean, I'm going to say I really wish Mary Kay was here because I just always do. I know what you're going to say. Or at the yeah. very least, as a little producer piece in my ear helping me through everything. But Canadian Raven Gabrielle Hindley took part in the North Sydney Bears Harvey Norman Women's Round 1 against Mount Pritchard. And the Mounties actually were excellent last year. They knocked out the West Tigers the game before the grand final. So, oh, I know. Um, I mean, I know for the Tigers. Mm, yeah, that was a great game, though. Mounties got the win 30 nil. They are dominating here. But it was great uh, that the second rower got her first shot in the big leagues after representing the BC Storm against Alberta later this year. Jesus, sounds like one of your big, one of your golden points. <laughs> it's a very big T, very carbon. Well, I've like taken on, point. yeah, I'm taking on, learning from the master, mate. I love it, man. I love it. Well, let's go over to Lebanon. So where the Lycans are keeping fit in the off season uh, by competing in the Lebanese Rugby Union. Uh, the club have formed a partnership with union club, the Junior Dragons, go wow. the Dragons, uh, and they're currently undefeated. <laughs> Um, this is interesting for me for a couple of reasons. So in most developing nations, we normally see union players playing league to keep fit, right? But right. this time it's the other way around. Uh, and I like seeing that. So some good, it would be good to see some of the union boys maybe try to try their hand at league a little bit later in the next season. But uh, yeah, it could only strengthen Lebanon domestically in the long run. And one thing I've definitely learned from this podcast is that union and league is only bitterly hated in two countries and every other country they're super <laughs> best friends. So For now, yeah. you never know what will happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to go back to Wolfpack. I'm, I'm all about that. Um, oh, the Wolfpack. I'm all about that the pack. cheese that they put into the gravy, the poutine. I'm on a poutine vibe. You don't know what I'm talking about. I don't about, know. Do you? You're raising your eyebrows and I'm a bit worried. Poutine is, <laughs> poutine is, what? they have hot chips yeah. and then they put, they make a gravy sauce through the like thick lardy bits of cheese and like poutine cheese, gravy. And it's called poutine. Reminds me of the rock Putang pie. But anyway, <laughs> know what the rock is cooking. The, yeah. the Toronto Wolfpack have announced a partnership with Pro X Rugby Academy that will see the two organisations joining forces to help grow rugby league in Canada. Ah, is cool. rugby uh, still not being somebody's enemy? Based in Calgary, Pro X Rugby Academy hosts regular sessions with juniors, seniors and in school across Western Canada. Is the West your thing? So the Western Canada is the other side of like where the Wolfpack are. Yeah. yeah, but didn't when they reversed each other, didn't I like East and you wanted West? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. See, there you go. See, I do listen. 
through the partnership, they aim to create a generation of professional Canadian rugby league players. And isn't that our total aim everywhere? We want professional rugby league players in every country. That's what we want. Let's get it done. It'll be interesting to see how it works because obviously uh, Calgary is on the other side of Canada. Mm. But yeah, you've got the BC Rugby League down south there. Uh, plenty going on rugby league wise and hopefully more and more. And it's good to see the Wolfpack you know, helping out with development, which is mm. something they cop a lot of slack for. And Not with doing. the rivers of poutine running through Canada, it's also hard to be a professional athlete. Go the sure. poutine. Uh, Golden Point, Serbia. So the trophies keep coming for Red Star Belgrade, who won the Serbian <laughs> Super Cup last week. Uh, runners up once again no! were Partizan Belgrade. <laughs> but it was much closer this time, Big T, uh, than most of their recent matchups. We've only four points separating them. Whoa! Red Star Belgrade, 32. Partizan Belgrade, 28. There we go. Coming back. We'll take them next year. Um, I'm getting sweaty in the palms to Fiji because I'm, I'm running out of <laughs> points. I got two more, mate. I know, I'm sure you do. <laughs> I knew you do because I'm on my last one. Uh, the Silver Tails are off to a flying start. How good is this? In the 2020 Ron Massey Cup campaign, beating the Windsor Wolves 40 to 16 in the round one of the Churchill Park in Lakotaka yesterday. Go, the, and we're, I can't tell you how much I love this story because, I mean, everybody already loves the Hunter's story, and here's like the sequel. It's the second version of that movie. It's so great. Absolutely love it. Everyone, everyone, winning. Everyone asks like, what are the NRL doing to grow the game? Stuff this like it. this, you yeah. know. And uh, it was locked up at sixteen all at half time, uh, and then the Silk Tails ran away with it. So, and up. from what we heard, Hooker Penioni Tagatumua. Yep. He started with two tries. I heard that too. I didn't. Um, didn't want to pronounce. I didn't it want to pronounce it, but I heard it. I had, I'm the only one who had the balls to do it. That's right. Uh, I've got two more, so that's it for you. Yeah, you win. Go the dragon. Congratulations, sir. Uh, Golden Point, Turkey. So uh, thanks to regular listener, George, from Warwick University. No, George, I'm not thanking you, <laughs> sir. Who I've reached got, out to let I've me know. I've got plenty of social medias you can hit me in a DM, George. You would have reached out to Big Tiger, but alas, <laughs> here it is. I would have at least drawn. <laughs> he let me know that he'll be taking his university team on tour to Turkey. So uh, Warwick University will be playing against a Turkey 13-a-side select in Istanbul Man. and Ankara in August, which is really cool. That's so right. Uh, for those not familiar with the geography, Warwick is like in English Midlands, so it's near Coventry, so mm. Coventry Bears territory. It's not an area usually known for rugby league, oh, so okay. this is a great story for development all around. It's a bit of a double whammy. Uh, and Warwick, the guys at Warwick hope that they can inspire other universities to follow suit and help hashtag grow the game. Excellent story, Cubs. Final one. That felt uh, a little bit like my New South Wales Rugby League, like like um, one of those kind of lovely community stories. It's beautiful. We're kind, of, we're kind of mixing yeah, up our little styles. We are merging together. into one big happy <laughs> dragon tiger. Uh, and the final <laughs> golden point. I'm surprised you didn't get this one, man, but Papua New Guinea over to the Q Cup. Mm. So the PNG Hunters, they defeated South Slogan 32 points to 30 in an absolute belter. Mm. The Hunters, they started huge outside, outsiders and they, it looked like they deserved that title mm. for like 50 minutes. So down 30 to 6 just after half time. But great coaching kicked in. <laughs> Go, Mr. Church. Uh, so great work, uh, PNG Hunters. So good to see the Hunters and the Silktails getting yeah. off to some victories yeah. uh, early on. Hopefully they can continue. The pack is back. Red Star, Belgrade are winning. All of our teams are getting up. So Almost all of our teams. Well, all of my teams Except for the draft. Yeah, okay, yeah, so I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, look how happy I was until you said that. Yeah. Big T, it's been another awesome week, man. Hopefully we're, we're back next week. We're not quarantined. Uh, tough well, times uh, at the moment. We can do it over the phone, sir. We can. do something. That's the problem with quarantine is that, that you've got to do something. I'm sure you've heard as an, as an Italian that Pornhub was given free... <laughs> 
free two-week memberships to people in Italy if you had a VPN from Italy because they're helping those poor bastards out. And so you've got to do... If you can't I, didn't, do... I didn't hear that. I thought you were going to mention the Italians singing from the, from, <laughs> the, from the balconies. I didn't know you were going to say well, Pornhub. Because they're, they're so happy <laughs> Because of singing whilst watching Pornhub. Yeah, we, can pod, we can podcast instead of that is what I'm suggesting. So. Well, let's try that. I reckon if we're going to be quarantined, there'll probably be a few extra podcasts. Mm. Could go the other way. There could be a few less. So hopefully, look, hopefully Rugby League uh, continues in a, in any way that it can mm. in the next few weeks. Who knows what the future holds? Who knows what this season holds? I hope it's not one big asterisk mm. on 2020 all over the world. But look, I guess health comes first, right? So we'll see what happens. Um, big special mention to our friends at Mascord Browns. So they're still, I assume, shipping. Uh, i have to find out from the guys. But mascordbrowns.com and mascordbrowns.com.au. Use 2020 vision. Vision. You do it. Go for 2020 vision. 2020 vision. Oh, that was so sexy, Big D. <laughs> uh, for 10% off at mascordbrowns.com, mascordbrowns.com.au. Make and, sure you get that Wolfpack gear. And Yeah, and this is the next bit that I'm super excited to hear about. Well, as a uh, fan of the show, I'm excited about this next bit. All right, guys. Big T, hopefully I'll see you next week. Guys, listeners, hopefully we see you next week as well. And fuck yeah, Nawadi. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs>